those practices they teach taught me how to love people how to be people lover how to connect better how to understand others and how to understand yourself better because firstly you need to love yourself understand yourself have a good connection and a good communication with yourself and then it's simpler to do it with others This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. Together, we will break all the stereotypes about Ukrainians so that when the flag of Ukraine is lifted anywhere in the world, everyone will know Ukraine and its unique culture because today Ukraine has a dynamic new generation that will change the world. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me, and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then from 2018 to 2019, For two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for Ukrainian children. And thank you. Thank you all so much for the support. More than 255 people participated in this project for Ukraine, from the vice president of the Helen Marlin Group to the vice chancellor of the UGCC Church to the president of the Erasmus Student Network Kiev to the president of the World Trade Center Kiev to students from the FLEX program, Ukraine Global Scholars, United World College, Harvard, and the London School of Economics to the United Nations to interns at the Ukrainian Parliament and at the Canadian Parliament to top 1% students in Ukraine. But not only them. This project is for all Ukrainians from all backgrounds. So if you wish to participate, send me a message on Instagram at aziz.future and join the Telegram channel Kiev Future. My goal is to make interviews with hundreds of Ukrainians and the world is listening. This podcast is already top 50 in the United Kingdom, France, Switzerland and Monaco. Top 25 in Austria, Germany, Canada, Russia, and Poland. Top 15 in Australia, Italy, Spain, and Dubai. And top 10 in Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, South Korea, Singapore, and many other places because this is now officially the number one podcast on Apple about Ukraine. Together, we will break the stereotypes. Together, we will help all other countries discover and respect the greatness of Ukrainian people and this good reputation will support the development of Ukraine, creating more opportunities for every Ukrainian to have a better life. So let's begin. My guest today is Ina Titsina. Ina is a public relations manager at the young startup Laurina. 
an ambassador at Kiev Legal Hackers and a low bachelor graduate from National University of Kiev, Mohila Academy. Born in Kiev, Ina obtained her Bachelor of Law with honors. She took part in Monroe E. Price Media Law Moot Court Competition and became runner-up Best Speaker. And she has been in communications for legal tech startups for almost two years. Ina is an active member of the Legal Hackers International Community, which aims to find solutions on the interception of law and technology. She is also the co-founder of the KMA Legal Hackers Student Group and ambassador at Kiev Legal Hackers. Her favorite quote is, freedom is not worth having if it does not include the freedom to make mistakes. Ina, how are you today? Hi, I'm uh, Aziz, I'm great, thanks. And it's a pleasure to be invited for the podcast. Your project is an amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And really, thank you so much for the encouragement. And I would like to present another side of you that people don't know that often. So let's speak more emotionally. When Ina is not being a legal hacker ambassador, yeah. <laughs> you're not working so hard, you're not doing all that. What do you like to do to forget all troubles and to feel alive and experience your best favorite emotions? Uh, yeah, that's a great question because I do a lot of things and the the most uh, the better hobby of mine is yoga. I do yoga for almost five years and it helps me both to be more stable emotionally and to be stable physically. It helps me to create more energy, to gather my opinions, to gather myself, to do better things and to achieve more. Also, I like doing design. I'm legal designer, but I've studied graphic design and also I'm in love with service design, which aim to help people with more user-friendly services and with better solutions of problems which are the most credible nowadays. And also I like theater and I like to watch films, to write something. Maybe in the future I will be director of films or will write scenarios for some musicals and something like that. Thank you. So if I understood you and heard you correctly, meditation, service design in particular, and in many ways it's theater, movies, whether experiencing them or having the ambition to write your own plays and musicals, or being a director. Yes. So for That's meditations, great. you have experienced it for five years. And to you, it allows you to be stable and balanced emotionally and physically, to raise your energy, to collect your thoughts, and to act better in more purposeful ways, if we might say it. Yes. Service design is about designing, be designing better service experiences for people and solving many of the problems and frustrations they might experience so that it adds value rather than being a hassle. 
and musicals and movies and all that. I don't know exactly what you love about it, so I guess we will ask. But one of your dreams is to write your own musical or to become a director in the future. Is this correct? Yeah, that's correct. And uh, mostly I'm doing yoga for five years and meditation I've practiced for like three years because it's more uh, improved practice of well-being and of balancing yourself, of how to create harmony in your life, how to be more balanced with your soul, with your emotions, with your physical body and with your mind. So tell me more. No, no, no. This is the third time you use the word balance. So it's important for you. In the dictionary of Ina, the private, (laughs) not the legal dictionary, (laughs) what does balance mean for you? Yeah, balance is uh, when you feel calm in all your spheres of life. As for me, it's about to be calm about yourself to become about your hobbies, your possibility to rest after your workday, to become about your ability to do the best you can during your workday, to become about your ability to be good friend, good daughter, good partner, something like that. So it's about finding those harmony in all spheres of my life. And it's important because I am an active person, understand it's maybe from my bio. So it's important to uh, make connections with people, to do what I love to do, and also to be successful in my work. So yoga and meditation helps me to collect my thoughts, helps me to be balanced and to be calm, to be independent from thoughts of others and to create better solutions, to create better decisions and to be the best that I could be, the best version of myself, I should say. Thank you. And again, now harmony is as strong as balance. You said it three times. So now (laughs) I understand the connection. But I want to ask you even more. And this is important. It's two questions, but they're very related. You graduated with honors. You're very active. You're doing a lot of things. And I understand you're balancing yourself now. First, when you are first a student, like beginning, did you sacrifice too much and work too hard and then discovered that it doesn't work, that you won't be as productive if you're not resting, balancing and having harmony in all spheres of life? Let's begin with this one. So it's not too many questions. Can you (laughs) answer this, please? Yes, uh, thank you for this question. It's a very important insight of mine, which I've made in my third year of studying, that you should rest as much as you need time for studying. And I always have not only my lessons to prepare, my exams and something like that, I also have other projects on site, like Kiev Mohila Academy Legal Hugger Student Group. So it's important to have time for yourself and have time for fun, not only for hardworking. And my first two years more uh, was more like do more, even if you can't do more, you should do it, you know. And after the second year, I've understood that it's important to be balanced, 
during your workday and during weekends, it's important to have others than work or other than studying. Uh, that's how I decided to be more involved in yoga practices. And I decided to practice meditation also. And I do more things with reading and I go visited theater, for example, more than I do those past 10 years. So I decided that I need to visit theater once in a week or twice in a month, not like it was before once in a year, so that my soul would be balanced with my brain and I will have both uh, my things which I like to do and things which I must to do, they would be in harmony. And then I understood that there are opportunity where you, when you could do both your work and the things that you like. That is how I became communicator and PR specialist because it's it correlates the communications which I like to do, how to connect with people, how to tell stories, how to create new projects and your possibility to create something impactful, like help legal tech startups, which creating new opportunities for access to justice improvements and developing legal tech ecosystem, not only in Ukraine, but in all the world. Exactly. I mean, it's two things. What the French say, it's joindre l'utile à l'agréable, or as you said, It's mixing what you love with what you do so that it's a better use of your time. But to ask you, you said it's impact on helping legal startups. And often to be productive at a high level, you need a higher purpose, which will give you what you spoke about, the harmony and the energy for your soul, as well as your actions and mind. What is your big purpose that drives you, that vision that motivates you and makes you just jump out of bed ready and excited <laughs> to start the day? Yeah, uh, I am lawyer by my background and I'm also communicator. So I find my purpose in communicate to the world that there are legal tech solutions and they could help us to improve access to justice and also that legal innovations is the best solution for legal problems nowadays because law is very conservative sphere and you know that lawyers are the most strong guys with their rules so you need a lot of time and a lot of energy to prepare the those guys for be more innovative to provide them with innovative solutions and even to help them implement those solutions. So for me, the greatest purpose is to implement legal innovations in lawyers' daily life so there would be better access to justice for every person in the world. Access to justice. Yeah. What does it mean? You said it twice. Yeah, access to justice is possibility of a person to solve their to say to solve her on or his legal problem with specific understanding of those problem and with help of a lawyer or as a specialist 
And there are a lot of problems in this sphere. For example, absence of simple understanding of what is legal problem, how to solve this problem. There is higher costs of lawyer when people could not access to those legal help. There are problems of difficulty of connecting with lawyers because lawyers speak not in very simple language. They have their own lawyer's language, you know. And that is why we need to improve those fear, access to justice, by giving simple solutions, uh, which important uh, to do that people will have better understanding about how legal system works, what is the legal problem, why it is the legal problem, how I can solve it, do I need a lawyer, how to get a lawyer, and there are legal tech startups like XDraft, it's a Ukrainian startup which made acquisition to United States company this year, so they, for example, could help you to create legal document simply in one click. You go to their website, choose your document template, uh, you write some points about your future contract or future document, then push one button magic and you get your document prepared in like 30 seconds. It's magic which provides you with possibility to solve your legal problems cheaper, simpler, and that by that in more effective way. That is, for me, the better understanding of what access to justice should be. Thank you so much. I'm loving the PR communication you're doing and the frame <laughs> of access to justice. That's a beautiful word. Now I understand. So basically, how my question is, you're a lawyer. How are lawyers replying or responding or reacting to this? Because there is a lot of philosophy of law that says that actually if lawyers spoke in normal language, they will not get any clients. And if law <laughs> was so simple, no lawyer will be needed. And therefore, they need to complicate it. They need to write gibberish. <laughs> they need to make it difficult access to law or to justice so that uh, they can have clients and have a job. Otherwise, many of them will be unemployed. <laughs> so in that magic thing you're speaking about, or the act of access to justice is eliminating the middleman and in the middle person in this way is lawyers. So <laughs> are they happy about it? Since I've practiced my communications with both Ukrainian lawyers and lawyers from other countries, especially from European countries and the United States of America, I knew that there is problem with lawyers and understanding by their clients. So now there is a movement called Client Well-Oriented Lawyer in which there is big idea that you need to give value to your clients, not simply to, so, to sell your hours of work. And you know that lawyers, they're conservative and therefore their reactions, uh, it could be quite difficult to understand for them that if you will be simpler and more effective in your day work, if your client under will understand better that you give he or she more value, then they 
would not be protest to pay you more, something like that. So for lawyers, it's important to rebuild their reality and to edit their perceptions about in which way we need to do our profession, in which way we need to practice law. And for me, it was a surprise that more Ukraine, the most uh, Ukraine, more Ukrainian lawyers are better in legal innovations than United States lawyers, for example, because we have a lot of smaller firms in which their way of practicing law is more innovative. They are trying to be simple, to write simpler documents, to get those solutions done which their clients are necessary, not all the documents or all actions they could prepare for them. And it's important to understand that in this world, uh, there, there are some innovations which will show your clients that they could obtain those help with legal problems in a more effective and cheaper way. That is why for lawyers, it's sufficient to be more innovative, to understand their clients better and to be oriented on their, their clients because we are moving forward, you know, n- not back. So, for example, if you didn't use innovation, so why do not try it on horses, not the cars? So, as for me, it's I'm a simple question. so many reframes you have put there and all the valid logic. I will, uh, you know, play the devil's advocate a little <laughs> bit. You're basically what lawyers will say. You're making us, turning us into a commodity. We didn't spend thousands of hours memorizing books <laughs> and reading just so that with the click of a button, you bring something that uh, is not, you know, that will make us unemployed, basically, <laughs> will be living in our mother's basement because of you. And it's not our fault. We studied, we did everything we were told to. So why shouldn't we just continue that system <laughs> the way it was? Yeah. Uh, firstly, it's important for lawyers uh, to be client-oriented because, you know, the world is changing and you need to go No, but wait, change. you're doing something, which is a logical fallacy. You said you're not answering my question, but yeah. you're agreeing on the point that, yes, it's uh, important for the lawyers to be client-oriented, but that's not what I ask about. I said specifically that... In law, it is made so that there is an inflation of the value of lawyers by making it so complex and difficult to do. And people don't need lawyers every day. And therefore, for lawyers to exist at the same way, when you're saying they need to reinvent Mm -hmm. themselves, it's actually bigger than that. It means the university needs to reinvent itself. The government needs to reinvent itself. The momentum of history of <laughs> law needs to change itself. And one lawyer or whatever, it's to them more costly to try to go against that flood rather than accept the past and grow with its momentum. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like saying you spoke because I love that frame of, uh, okay, <laughs> uh, why don't they stay on horses? Why do they go on cars? Yeah. Well, the first person who will uh, have ever made the car or the second or the third, they all went bankrupt <laughs> until, you know, Ford uh, did it and consolidated it. So what you're saying right now, 
it's like 8 billion people are using horses <laughs> and you're coming to horse sellers and you're telling them, no, let's not sell horses. Uh, let's have uh, motorcycles, for example, because <laughs> it will be cheaper. Yeah. Car is more expensive. It's faster. It's whatever. They will tell you, yes, even if I love motorcycle idea, I have a thousand horses in my yarn. I need to sell that first before <laughs> doing anything yeah. about it. This is what I mean. Yeah. That it's not even the lawyer's fault. They're inside a system that is built. I'm not against you. I am with you in yeah. what you're doing, but you're reframing it in a beautiful, poetic way. <laughs> but the lawyers will not hear it in that way. They will hear it you're taking our jobs. That's what they're all here. <laughs> yeah, but you know that uh, to practice the law, you do not need to uh, remember all the law. It's important to know principles and know the ways how to implement those laws, how to solve legal problems. That is what uh, we are studying in law schools. And concerning your question of lawyer's job, You know that more lawyers, many lawyers hate their jobs. It's like the great insight, but it's not because their job, it's about routine, how to prepare those documents. They have a lot of to do during the day. And that is why for me, it's important to provide lawyers with understanding that this automation, uh, especially legal tech tools, yeah, they will help you to be more efficient and they will get your job that could be automated and you will have more important tasks to do. We could not use artificial intelligence to decide in courtrooms. We could not use for now artificial intelligence to solve all legal problems or to give legal opinions in on all legal questions. But it's important to understand that those solutions they would be helpful not only for the people, but also for lawyer. And for legal system, I know that there is a big problem with understanding how this system works and how to protect your rights, how to where to find laws which you bind to. And for that problem, we need to also have not only tools for automation of lawyers' daily routine, but also tools which or projects which will tell more about legal system, which will tell in a simple way how to have your rights protected and what do you need to know about the laws, what do you need to know about legal system, about courts and something like that. So it's a very complex question. You were right when you mentioned that It's also concern. It's also regards government or laws or law schools because firstly you are preparing as for American system. Yeah, you are preparing a lawyer, but mostly you are starting to pass the bar. And after the bar exam, you need to know and you need to have other skills: how to communicate with clients, how to know that this is enough for your client. This legal help is enough and it is appropriate for this situation. So we need to edit our vision on legal system and on legal help. It's very tough question and there are a lot of tasks to do 
a lot of changes to prepare and a lot of communication especially could help with it because you know that firstly we have idea promoted and then we have this idea implemented that is why i believe that firstly we need to provide lawyers with knowledge of innovations with knowledge why it is important and with knowledge why you need to be more client oriented and how would it help the legal system at all and then after those promotion and education lawyers would know why do they need it and they will implement innovations in their daily practice thank you and it will be a challenge because even yeah. many people in the government are lawyers already <laughs> so they all they want the old system that help them succeed because yeah. in system theory the first goal of any system is to survive and therefore if you're trying to break a system the only thing that it can do systems don't change they just try to stay the same until the last breath <laughs> that's <laughs> the unfortunate reality because you said yes they will adapt uh, etc small firms they're agile yes yeah. but big systems like the whole justice system in Ukraine or in Europe or in the US or the whole government regulation there are laws that maybe were from 1800s or 1700s that still apply now and make no sense but they weren't changed because the system doesn't <laughs> like to change you know what i mean yeah. like i remember uh, there is like a law in in some streets of london that if you walk with a light after midnight then you go to jail and well nobody walks with uh, those old lights you know what i mean <laughs> and you more yeah. but it still exists there are many like uh things like that so then let's return to you about yeah. you personally i have this question which i wanted to ask before when it comes to goal setting you're active you're doing many things but some people argue that if you have more than one goal at a time it becomes something that distracts and dissipates your effort so there are things where it says okay focus on one goal at a time achieve that goal before going to the next and it means focus is more important and more effective than harmony <laughs> well to some people that will say well if i focus on one goal at a time i will damage my health my friendships mm. all that so it's not really worth it to me what is your thought about this either focusing on one goal or if you do more you will achieve less in everything yeah i understand your concern because uh, before uh, this year my idea was to do more as more as you can but now uh, i understood that there are a lot of things which are more important for me like my family my friends and my passion in legal design and legal innovations and now i'm trying to you know not to have big bigger amount of projects but to reduce number of projects to cut out all things that are unnecessary especially concerning some work projects or my studying projects because this year i will assist to my professor with course of on legal innovations in my university so i decided for example to quit coaching mood court team which i 
wanted to do before this summer, but after June, I understood that it's quite good to have focus only on something one, on one project, maybe on two or three goals for your personal life. Like, I understood that you need to have less things to focus than I had before. And it's important for me to balance those personal life with friends, with hobbies, with family and my work life, because I'm one of those persons who do not have differences between their work life and like regular life. My work life reflects to my personal life because I'm, I have a lot of friends who are lawyers and I have a lot of friends who are like PR specialists, designers. So it's quite hard not to speak about my work or not to speak about my vision, my mission with legal design and legal innovations on my free time, but I'm trying to do so. So Answering to your question directly, it's important to focus on things which are important for you and to do as pointed focus as you could. So, for example, as for me, it's like one project on my work, one project on my pro bono work, like assistance for the course, and all other focus on people who I love and on my hobbies. So... How do you know the priorities and the projects to choose to make important? Is it a logical pro and con decision? Is it emotional? You follow and trust your soul and intuition? Or how do you choose it? Because a lot of people have this hesitation that if they choose a project and it comes from the paradox of choice, they think, well, what if there is another one that's even more important? Or yeah. what if I'm wrong about this? And that doubt makes them just say, okay, maybe I'll start a second one. And then when they have the second, they say, okay, maybe I'll start the third. Maybe there is one more important. And yeah. then they begin with one. They say, I'm focused and end up with 12 or 13. And then they're overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, I'm learning how to make decisions from my heart. I'm a very intuitive person and I believe that deep inside your soul or your heart, you know that there are things which are more important for you and things which are less important for you. So for me, it's about a moment, you know. It's about to choose what is important for you for now, not to think about the future. For example, if I'm choosing, do I need an additional project or not? For example, coaching with courts. I sit down and I thought that, do I need, do I want to coach mood court team now? And if the answer is not, I will, I would not uh, go with coaching mood court. And I do not need to think about what would be great for me if I coached this mood court and I will obtain, for example, like some experience in three years or in one year and it will be great if I decided to go to law school in some United States university it will be great to write additional point to my CV you know like coaching mood court now I'm trying to decide for now 
to live in a moment because life is too short, you know, to plan all those things for five years. And pandemic shows us that it's impossible to plan for more like one year, maybe exactly. And that's why I decided to make decisions from my heart and to leave those decisions, to live with them, to make them only for my now situation, not for future situation. So it's my solution how to not be overwhelmed with priorities because, uh, for example, in uh, Ukrainian priorities before, like 20 years ago, there was no plural for those pronouns. So now you could say priority and priorities. But before, like 20 or 30 years ago, before, in Ukrainian, there were no possibility to tell about priorities. So it's interesting how with time, our language is changing. So, you know, that maybe 30 years ago, it was possible for a person to have one priority only. And now it's impossible. So you need to have many priorities. And I decided that even if I have to choose three priorities, I will choose it from my heart and from nowadays situation. I like your answer and I agree. The world today is very different to 50 years ago or even 20 years ago. And that life is too short to be sitting around miserable. And you said something about following your heart and following your soul. And I believe you said something to the um, extent or the meaning that the heart and the soul is the same thing. Well, let's open another page in the personal dictionary of Ina. (laughs) What is the meaning of soul for you? And what is the meaning of heart? And as well as intuition, you said you're a very intuitive person. So Mm -hmm. how are they related? Soul, heart, intuition, and what is their meaning for you personally? Yeah, it's important to notice that I actually differentiate soul, heart, and my intuition. Intuition, it's about more of how you feel. So it's about feeling that something is going wrong or something is going well. It's about sensibility. So it's like my inner sensibility, inner perceivings, inner like... I knew that it's like more of predictions. So I see it and I decided that it could go those way. It's like a feeling of that there are some things to happen in the future. Heart is more about loving. It's about love. And for me, it's about passion, you know. So when I speak, uh, have my decisions made from heart, it's about what I actually love. So I could say, for, for example, I love PR because uh, it's not to be explained uh, logically why do you choose not to be a lawyer but to be communication specialist in legal sphere and it's the thing which i could not give you a specific answer why but 
I feel that I love to do this and this is my passion. And about soul, it's more of your like not physical being of yourself. It's something that you could develop by reading books or by, as for me, by practicing meditation and yoga. It's your spiritual self, as I see it. Thank you. So if I heard you correctly, intuition is about how you feel. Yeah. And something that has to do with prediction and also with feelings and emotions. Yeah. Heart is about passion and love. And the soul is spiritual, something outside and bigger than the person that you develop through reading, yoga, and meditation. Correct? Yeah, and uh, I think that everybody have their their features how to develop their souls. So soul is like more spiritual self. You have like physical body, your mind, your heart and your soul, <laughs> something like that. Since you love people and they're important to you, whether yeah. friends and family or being surrounded by the right people, can you feel people's souls when you speak with them? And can you feel their energy? And is it different, the energy of a person and their soul? <laughs> It's quite an interesting question because now I've started to learning more about chakras it's like energetic centers of a body and i'm actually those person who feel that there is like quiet anxiety or like bad energy in those places so for example when i step into my office and i feel that some of my colleagues he or she have bad day or bad morning i feel it i actually i am actually feeling it so yeah i'm those type of a person who feels the state of other souls or the state of others mood and maybe it's more about empathy you know i'm a very empathic person so i feel others emotions and i feel like moods of others even for example i feel that they have bad energy or good energy it's like vibrations you know so you're you could not logically explain why do you feel it how do you feel it what do you feel but you could feel it and that's it thank you and for you do you feel that the most beautiful thing about people is their soul or is it important what i mean is if someone is not good looking let's say yeah. for example but their soul is beautiful or a person who is your perfect like masterpiece but their soul is not as beautiful which one would you see more beauty in of course it's about your inner beauty for me your soul reflects your real self your real self so if your soul is beautiful then you are beautiful and i actually understood for like it it was like Five years ago or maybe more i understood that a person's appearance is not as important for me as his or her soul so i judged like i answer question whether i like the, this person or not not by judging his or her appearance physical body or something like that but 
by judging my feelings around his or her or by judging my feelings about his or her soul. So, yeah, it's more important the inner beauty than outer. Thank you. And I'm really curious about the development of your soul because of meditation, yoga, reading, and study of chakra. If you think about yourself five years ago compared to now, how did you change? How do you feel you're different in a spiritual way? And how are your interactions with people different because of those practices? I think that five years ago, I didn't like people as I love now. Uh, for now, I'm those type of person who likes to be surrounded by others. He likes to contact with others to get more hugs, get more smiles. And five years ago, I decided that I am an introvert, so I should be by myself, I should spend more time with me. And for now, it's also true because I like ch I'm charging with energy. I'm recharging when I am alone, when I'm doing yoga or meditation or reading or just simply walking near the pond near my house. So with some nature surrounded, something like that. And my communications with people actually changed. So since I became a more people lover, I should say, I actually began more to be more involved in conversations with others, to be more in other soul. So conversations started to give me energy, not to only obtain my energy from me. I actually understood that those connections which I could make, they could be also important for my future career and that could they could help me with my personal development. Not only because I want to do something with my development, but because firstly, I liked the person who I'm connected with. And then it happened that this person could provide me with time, additional knowledge, additional opportunities. So those practices, they teach, taught me how to love people, how to be people lower, how to connect better, how to understand others and how to understand yourself better. Because firstly, you need to love yourself, understand yourself, have a good connection and a good communication with yourself. And then it's simpler to do it with others. So it's quite a good work I've done uh, within these five years. Because for now, communications is my passion. And before, like five years ago, I've che I, I, I possibly choose not to go to some party, but to stay home. For now, I also could choose to stay home, not to go to a party. But if there is some gathering of people who I love, I will always choose to be with them. Because communication, connections, that is what helps me to be valuable for others and to get those energy to be connected and to be loved.
I like that. So also, it all relates to your heart. And I love that the work you do, the development you do, is all related to how you feel, how your heart and passion and love is, and your spiritual development and understanding. And so to ask you, because of the pandemic, maybe a lot of people feel stuck or depressed or negative energy, (laughs) what would you recommend to them as something to do to maybe feel more grateful or more positive or more passionate or more active? What would be your secrets (laughs) to being an active person (laughs) that you can share? Uh, Yeah, you know, this year I've decided to move out from my parents. So actually... Those past lockdowns in Kyiv, I lived alone on my own <laughs> in my flat, flat only with myself. It was quite an experience. And I understood those people who during the first lockdown, they feel depressed and feel some anxiety or panic attacks because it's actually quite a difficult to be only with yourself for like two weeks or four weeks. But what I understood uh, that there are some methods which could help you. Firstly, when I'm feeling that I'm not okay with my life, for example, I feel that I'm suffering a lot, that I have nothing which makes me happy, I've practicing to write every day in the morning or before the sleep to write five from five to ten things which I am grateful for. For example, this beautiful sun, my family, my health, my friends, my job, which is my passion, and my little flower on the window. And it helps me to understand better that every day I have at least five things which I am grateful for and which I would be grateful for tomorrow. Uh, The next thing, it is more for being active. It's good sleep which is not quite simple as I thought about it before, because you need to rest a lot and you need to rest in a better condition. So you need to prepare yourself to sleep. For example, I'm reading a book for an hour to sleep better or even do meditation or go for a walk. And my next suggestion how to be more active is to spend more time with the nature, to spend more time active. Firstly, it's important to go to the, for example, forest, to see some seasides and to do those things which could bring to you your soul more calm. Because nowadays it's quite a hurry everywhere. So you need to be fast, you need to achieve you need to achieve more in the less time and to be more confident about yourself, to have those energy collected that you need to achieve those more aims, you need to simply go to a forest or go to the place near the river to sit on your own or to spend those time with your precious people like your family or your friends and to gather those energy from the nature or from communication. 
And it's also important, as I've mentioned, to be active, to have physical activities. For me, since I don't like, for example, to run or some very active sport exercises, I choose to do yoga and I choose to have alone walks with my friends. For example, I once go like for 40 kilometers walk in one day because I understood that I need to recharge myself. And also it's important, it's maybe the last, that to be more active and to be in a good mood, you need to do things that you love. And you need to find those time during your busy day to do things which are pressure to you. As for me, it's, for example, to read my favorite book, to speak with my friends, or even to draw some things. For example, now I started to draw mandalas. It's some pictures in circle. So you sit down before your paper and you could do some pictures, whatever you want, in circle. And it helps me to concentrate more on doing those painting, not on my mind or on my thoughts. So it's actually important to find during your busy work day to some time to do what you love to do, what you actually love to do. It will give you more energy to do your job and to perform better during your next day. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Thank you so much, Ina. It was a privilege, an honor, and a pleasure. And if people want to follow you on social media, what is the best way to do that? And if you'd like to speak about Laurina, say uh, what the company does, how what people can expect, where should they go, please share now. Yeah, uh, as I'm PR manager, <laughs> it's more important to speak about my vision and my passion. And for now, it's my project Lorena. It's a young legal tech startup which provides free access to United States legislation and builds community around lawyers. As a tech-driven startup, Lorena have a backed search and it will help lawyers to facilitate their daily routine. Also, for now, we have innovative focus because I am legal innovator and legal designer myself. So it's important to emphasize that our focus is legal innovations and we promote innovative solutions for legal problems and other approaches how to be more client-oriented in your daily lawyer practice. And for know more about Lorena, you could go simply for our website. Could we like insert some links to your podcast maybe in the... Yes, yeah. I will write it in the description, the link to the website okay. and to the Instagram. <laughs> okay, so to know more about Lorena, you could go to the website or our LinkedIn and Facebook pages. And to connect with me, maybe to ask some additional questions or simply to just be connected, you could find me by the links in description to this podcast in my 
LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram page. I always will be grateful for new connections. Thank you so much, Ina. It was a pleasure and I wish you a great day. Thank you so much, Aziz, for doing such a great project. As I am also a lover of my country, it's especially it's especially precious for me that someone decided to tell people more about Ukraine and especially about Ukraine young Ukrainians because I believe that Ukraine is one of the best places for developing your project and for starting some new startups and something like that. So thank you so much for inviting me, for investing your time and energy to develop such an amazing project. I am very proud that this project is live now. So thank you so much for the invite. You're welcome and thank you for your kind words.